ladies and gentlemen. If it's mid-September and your life feels out of control, it must be because the Lions won a game. Welcome to Roar Aholics Anonymous Post-Victory Edition. Roar! <laughs> I'm here with Dino Blandino, who's going to be spending half of today's podcast uh, making a pitch for Walbrook's uh, timeshare program because he's going to want some company. And uh, our, our inner, our inter, in, 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 intermittent guest, professional podcast producer, and man who has no access to a stable internet connection in his own home, Impossible Lomas. Hey, guys. How's it going? <laughs> uh this lomas, is two you weeks. tell us yeah how's it going lomas what's hey, going, going on there it's going great man i mean it's just great you know this is a, a time to celebrate the offensive line it is it is offensive line pride lomas i'm a little worried though this is two weeks running that your robe is somewhere off screen did it, did it get picked up? Does it have its own podcast that we don't know Actually, about? Actually, I tell you what. I tell you something. You guys continue talking. I'll be right back. <laughs> that was sweet. Um, good. Good. All right. I feel well, like Lomas' yeah, robe is a little bit of familiarity we might need to kind of put us back because – I don't know. I, this podcast is almost an emergency podcast, I think, for Ruraholics. Um brother, brother Uncle Ted was mentioning that I'm very nearly it's a second game and I'm almost already I've almost already been committed to Walbrook, which those of you don't know from previous seasons, Walbrook borrowed from uh from um what was the movie? Rain Man. Rain Man. Oh, um, there it is. Is the not world only... is as it should be. Look at that beautiful, beautiful robe. robe. Wow. Walbrook <laughs> is not only where people like Rain Man live, it's also where they keep us just unrecoverable, lost soul roaraholics. <laughs> When we spin out of control, it's where the wife sends you when no one else can handle your roraholicalism. And after game two, this is this is a major alert, not just for me, not just for Dino, but for all Detroit Lions fans everywhere. This is, is. high freaking alert. It is Let, five boys. Let's uh, let's go right into the liturgy because. Yeah, I think we need it. I think we need it m more than ever. Yes. Yeah. Waste no time. <laughs> Hit us, Dino. May the ghost of Bobby Lane grant me the serenity to accept the things about being a Lions fan I cannot change. The courage to change the things about being a Lions fan I can. And the wisdom to know that the Lions will always suck. Amen. Uh -huh. I'm in. I got to admit, um, the last line kind of stuck in my throat. Well, can <laughs> I? So, can I dive right into it and just okay. say I was I was thinking about this today. I mean, the watchword of our faith is the lines will always suck. Mm -hmm. They didn't suck yesterday. What are we supposed to do? 
what are we supposed to do? Well, let's, I, I think if you don't mind, can we first lay out everything that not only didn't suck, but was actually exciting and then maybe try to talk us down because I need a fucking talking down. <laughs> in a okay, hurry. well, let me let me say a couple things first. Sure. I'm going to skip the tranquility prayer. I, yep. I really feel like the bloom is off the rose of the Rams right now. They yep. almost blew an enormous lead yesterday. Mm-hmm. Stafford yeah. had a classic Stafford game that was like every throw was an event. I think he had three touchdowns and two interceptions. And yeah. yeah. That they they almost lost that game were it not for a very impressive Jalen Ramsey interception that had Wait, it been a touchdown. I'm sorry, Uncle Brother. Who's yeah. Stafford again? I'm all in on Jerry Goff. Let's go, baby. Uh yeah. So we should definitely the other thing I, I actually want to talk about before we go full into into what you said is I want to know, obviously, Dino, you watched, I assume, every snap on your 109 inch television. Yes. That- and I'm I'm now have a, a 210 inch one on order <laughs> because I'm not sure it was big enough to see that catch every bit of the awesomeness of that game. Lomas, did you what was your experience with the game? I just want to get this down before we dive in. I want to know what I'm working with here. Yeah. So, are you? Did I? I did not. Did watch you watch? Did you follow? Did you listen? What'd you do? Um, I followed the game cast on ESPN. Okay. So I did something very similar. I was actually preparing um, three batches of hummus for a synagogue <laughs> fundraiser yesterday. <laughs> so I was in the kitchen the entire game, just wow. following on uh on the game cast so i i then watched you know a lot of highlights and did a fairly deep dive into the stats but i feel like before we even get into the talk down dino i just want to i guess i want to ask you this question dino which is what did i miss what did lomas miss someone who's kind of following the flow of the game but you know just digitally um what what did we not see or right okay so so what you, missed, what you missed is this. We had a brief um, exchange, text exchange before this game in which I actually predicted the Lions would win. And the Vegas wise guys predicted the Lions had the Lions favored. So I wasn't shocked that they won because I predicted them to win five games this season. And if you look at the schedule, this is one of those five games if you think they're going to win five. So... That being said, I thought the way they would win was just in the way that when two shitty teams play each other, the last team to make a major mistake loses, right? I thought it was just going to be a bad game that left me going, well, yeah, I guess they won that one, but now we can you know, sift through the 10 penalties, all the drop passes, the crappiness of this. I thought it would be a victory that left us feeling empty. And instead they played the most exciting brand of offensive football that I've seen 
on a Lions team, I, I don't even know since when. Like, they seem to have playmakers all over the field, uh, whether it's DeAndre Swift, Amon St. Uh, Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown, um, uh, the other other receivers, uh, running backs. It's it's it was unbelievable. They were just the offensive line opening up massive holes. This was this was excitement. This was a team that was explosive. Were they perfect? Hell no. But it was the absolute thing I feared the most, which is they were fun. They were exciting. They were dynamic. They're everything a fan could want to root for. I like it. That's what you um, missed. You know, what was interesting also about the, they were favored. Uh, and we all know that the last time that it happened was 24 games ago in a game that they wound up losing to the Panthers 20 to nothing. Right. I think by kickoff, the commanders were favored. I think so many people put money on the on the Washington to cover that Washington wound up becoming a one point favorite by kickoff. Oh, did they? But um, yeah. The thing that the thing that struck me about the game, following it as I did, was as we know, if you guys paid attention to what happened in the league yesterday. Yesterday was this day of these crazy comebacks. Mm-hmm. There were multiple yeah. twenty point comebacks. The Jets had a crazy end. As we mentioned already, the, the Falcons nearly beat it, uh, the Rams. And that the Lions went out to 22 nothing, which I was like, holy crap, what does that mean? Like, I didn't even know what the, that those numbers could exist with the Lions at 22 and the opponent at zero. And, and, and then we add that it yeah. involved the two came from a safety, which is always Strip just sack safety. Fucking weird and awesome. Yeah. Anytime yeah. I mean, you the get Lions, to see safety, yeah. and it's the fan. If you're a fan at the game, making the safety sign is it's, one of the most fun things. The triangle safety sign oh, is yeah. just so fun. I was at Ford Field when they yeah. safetyed Rogers once. Oh and my god, I, it was glorious. It was glorious. Yeah. And the other thing, you also had that great moment early in the game where the score was five nothing Lions, right. which is always a delight—a little baseball score for <laughs> yeah. those paying attention. But then, I mean, we saw this in our text thread when the com when the I don't what do we call the I can't call them the Commanders. Can we call them the Deadskins? Is that inappropriate? Or the Commodores? Um, the ethnic cleansers. What can we call this team? That's appropriate. <laughs> When they started storming back, I mean, we all just assumed, all right, SOL. this is this is going to be Lions lost, you know, 4.0 where you blow an enormous lead. And right. instead, what happened was every time I looked down at my phone, they just answered. Yep. And they just kept piling on the points to the tune of the fact that our Detroit Lions are currently the Bills are 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 putting on some a show right now in Buffalo. They got a lot of points. They got 24 right now. But the Lions are tied with the Chiefs as the highest scoring team in the league right now. And which is terrifying. Yeah, and and these two games against Philadelphia and Washington not great teams I don't think. Certainly Washington's not, but also not terrible defenses. 
um, at least given last year's ratings, they weren't amongst amongst the worst. No, no. So, first of all, I want to say two things. As Dino was talking, I was on a live chat with Walbrook, just <laughs> getting them ready for you know, just just letting them know what Dino's saying, trying to get it as accurate as possible so they can build a profile for when he comes and. Two, I mean, yeah, it's we knew that the Lions were, were going to win a handful of games this year. So the fact that they won a game shouldn't be shocking. But as Brother Dino said, it's not that they're winning. It's the way that they won with just putting up so many points and all which on the one hand makes no sense just because. They seem to have so little talent, except that what it's got to come down to is that the offensive line maybe is for real. Like maybe it's as good as advertised. That was the consistent line going into the season. They're like, the Lions have a really good offensive line now. Yep. I'm like, well, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Maybe we're seeing it because they sure are gaining a lot of yards on the ground. Yes, and can I add that two of our offensive linemen, our starters, were injured yesterday. So I actually thought heading into the game, like, oh, maybe we actually lose. Like, the Lions have a really bad history of next man up. It's more like next man sucks. You know, if if a starter goes down, the the drop-off is precipitous. But having said that, they the they uh, even a guy, Dan Skipper who's maybe one of the unsung heroes of the game, a six foot nine, 330 oh, yeah. tackle made his first start in the NFL. And the offensive line was once again, dominant. They ran the ball almost at will, including some really big plays. They protected Goff for the vast majority of the game. And we've said this throughout the history uh, of our podcast that if you can run the ball and give your quarterback time to throw and do play action, almost any quarterback in the league can look good under those circumstances. And while I don't think Jared Goff is particularly a great quarterback, he has played under those circumstances, and the dude can put the ball where it needs to go, and and they're they're gouging other teams for big plays. With He's that recipe, Goff is unquestionably a competent quarterback, and if you give a competent quarterback protection and and the that benefit that comes from putting a defense in a position where they're very concerned about the run, yep, it's, it's easy. I mean, he had a monster game; he had four touchdowns and, you and give no him, interceptions, and you give him playmaking receivers. Like we've talked about, Amon Ross St. Brown and. I freaking think like he's gone from, wow, we got a steal in the fourth round to holy shit. We may have a true generational talent. Like he's in the conversation as one of the best, one of the top young receivers in the league. He did something yesterday. I think it was his seventh straight game with eight catches mm -hmm. in a row, which only like four other players have done. If he does it again, eight catches, that's like a NFL record. 
It and and I think it was his sixth straight game with a TD, which is not a streak often often produced. Like this guy has turned a fucking corner and he's become just a legitimate dude. And and can I also say like he's got the name, he's got the background, the dad who was Mister Fucking Universe. So we know he's tough as hell. And he's got the amazing chip on his shoulder where he remembers the name and school of all 16 wide receivers drafted ahead of him in the draft. Yeah, How he's got the dream on green chip yes. on his shoulder. How can we not love this guy? Well, we I was going to... Yeah, go ahead. Go, Lomas. No, no, no. You go, you go ahead, Uncle Brother. Well, I was going to suggest a new installment on the show, which we're already in the middle of. And it's called Let's Get Ahead of Ourselves with Dino Blandino. <laughs> but let's, I mean, it sounds like let's just do it. Let's just go all the way and then yeah. let's put it all out there. We'll strip down and, and, and lather ourselves up in some Honolulu blue bubble bath. And can I and say then, the most and then we'll try outrage- and talk you down? Then we'll can I say the most down. outrageous thing that was floating through my head? Can I start with the hottest take that I've had? Okay. This is the best I'm going to. I'm going to start even <laughs> hotter than that. I was texting with brother Uncle Ted last night, and I think that I used DeAndre Swift and Barry Sanders. I caught myself using DeAndre Swift and Barry <laughs> Sanders in the same sentence. Oh, and yeah, that, that was- and I, thought, I thought to myself, shit, I, that's going way overboard. But then I had another thought. I was like, you know what? DeAndre Swift doesn't get caught behind the line and run sideways like Barry does. And I had this like brief flicker of like, hey, maybe in some ways DeAndre Swift is better. Well, can I can I just read? This is just Dino straight to me texts last (laughs) night that were coming in in the early evening. Once Jamo comes back from ACL, is our O unstoppable? That's the opening volley. So that Jamo Jamo's our 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 rookie wide receiver. Yeah, right. Jamison. uh, Yeah, what's his name? Jamison. um, I'll get it. Yeah, rookie. uh, And this is the guy who supposedly supposedly was was one of if not the fastest players in the draft. Jamison Williams out of Bama 6 foot 1 190 3 3 nine, 40 time maybe the most ex- maybe the he most was a, he was on a Vespa <laughs> at the combine maybe so the then most ex- listen to this of receiver Lomas I know you're laying down already but you might want to lay down more when you hear <laughs> cuz ch- the the check out the following escalation Fantetti, also, if you're listening, just, you know, find something to throw. Akuda actually looked okay. I'm going to read that again. Akuda actually looked okay. And Are by the way, loaded with young talent. I had to stop myself from saying Akuda looked really good. And I, I, <laughs> I was able to remove my thumb and, and retext looked okay because even okay so, is a pretty big fucking deal for wait, Akuda. But we're not done. We're not done with the text. No. Sewell does seem to be a beast. Sewell, D is Pinay. definitely a work in progress, but Hutch is for real. You don't get three sacks as a rook unless you're damn good. We're going to bookmark that and come back to it. And then yeah. Swift is injury prone, but clearly our best big play running back since Barry 
Dino begins to catch himself, shouldn't use them in the same sentence. And I wrote, and I just wrote, wow, you are feeling it. And he wrote, I'm riding the silver lion. And then he called me. He's like, I, I, I shouldn't be alone right now. I think. And then I called him back and left a message. And he said, thanks for calling me. I think the test got it out of my, the text got it out of my system for now. But that was Dino 24 hours ago. That was what we were dealing with. I was, yeah, I was left. I was alone walking my dog and didn't, and and I just, all these intrusive thoughts through (laughs) a lion's thoughts, just through my mind of like amazing lion's thoughts. Like by the five minutes into my walk, I was like, I think Swift is just purely unstoppable. I I just, I don't think he'll ever be tackled again. I mean, he made some, you guys watch the highlights. I don't have to tell you, but like the play he made where he got the little hitch pass or like one that got deflected and he's on the ground with it. He's on the ground. He gets up in like 0.2 seconds, makes like two cuts and he's fucking untouched in the end zone. Like, he is Deuce Staley was saying in hard knocks, Deuce Staley, the running back coach, was yeah. like, This guy can be the best. And I was like, Yeah, sure, Deuce, whatever, man. He just has to believe it. But watching him, I'm like, Yeah, he's he's really good. He's like just a star. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, he's for good. years now we've been talking about sort of the mysteries of why some teams are good and some teams are bad and why the lions always suck. And I mean, again, I think it really comes down to the O line. Like, you know, I, I don't exactly understand why. And the, and apparently they had two guys who were injured. Didn't even know that, but doesn't it like, isn't that the constant among every good team that they have a really good O-line. And then and then in the last several years, also a very good quarterback, if not like an amazing quarterback. But without the O-line, there is no good quarterback. Like, I, yeah. Well, and certainly he, Jared Goff's not a good quarterback. He's not a scrambler. He's not going to make things happen on his own. And yes, I think the team has been built around the offensive line. And now I think they're trying to build around the defensive line. But for one half of football, we saw both the, our offensive and defensive lines dominating and football has never looked so glorious or easy. Uh, And it's true. That is, that is it. If you can dominate the point of attack, the lines, everything just flows from there. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, the game is when you have a, a dominant offensive line, the game becomes very simple. You don't have to do anything that's high degree of difficulty because that was I mean, that was the essence of the Matt Stafford era was you have a crappy yeah. line. So you have to have this quarterback who is capable of it, make really high degree of difficulty plays on a regular basis. He did it sometimes. Most of the time he didn't. And they lost. You yeah. take yesterday where you have the O line appears to be in control and you just you just go out and you just do actually what they think you're going to do and it works the other yeah. the, can i give you thing. another yeah, another horrible hot take Uh-oh, just no. mind mind racing so <laughs> one of the things that got me so pumped is that 
I expected the last taste of Lions victory was under the called Jim Caldwell era. And we won a lot of games and that's been remarked upon. A lot of people think we shouldn't have fired him. And maybe that's true, but the victories in the Caldwell era always felt like kind of real white knuckle victories where it's like, I hope we don't blow this. We're going to win by four points or less. And it's, he was a very conservative, cautious coach and, and you know, Good for him. Won a lot of games. Dan Campbell is the opposite. He is super aggressive. And at times that looks ridiculous last season because he had a, I mean, you know, an 0-10 team that was always going forward on fourth down. And a lot of criticism came his way and, and perhaps rightfully so. But I think he was just training this team like it doesn't matter if what if we're bad, we're going to get better and we're always going to fucking go for the jugular and they just played like it, like pedal to the metal and there's a, a certain amount of just like aggressiveness and like like uncle brother Ted was saying when the uh, when um the com commandeers came down and scored some scored <laughs> some touchdowns, the lions just reflex like in the past I was just expecting, oh, no, here they go. They're going to slow the game down. They're going to try to run the clock. They're going to kill themselves by going conservative. And there were a couple possessions where they seemed to do that. But then when they needed to, they just put the pedal to the metal again and just came and just went for it and went for big plays. And I really think, like, that comes from the head coach. That's the attitude. And I got to say, like, Dan Campbell... I'm still not convinced he's a strategic genius by any stretch, but he's got me believing as he does his players. You know, uh, just oh, do you have your Uber app open yet? Just <laughs> yeah, I'll just do whatever the highest kind of the what is it the Uber X one that you pay extra for? Okay, yeah. so uh, call it for Walbrook at the top of the hour. I'll reimburse you. You need to get there now, guys. I'm calling coach. I'm calling coach Michelle. <laughs> Don't call my bowling coach on this. She has nothing to do with this, man. I will say, I, I will say though, what was interesting in terms of composure in that game was that not only did the commandments come back, <laughs> but they, the lions, I believe had multiple three and outs like in a row. Yeah. Like they fully bogged down. Yeah. And then like, which seems like it's a bad sign. But when you look at it in terms of the totality of the game, they had enough time to mentally be like, we're not moving the ball. And they and they somehow reset it. And they and they and then the offense went back into high gear for a really long stretch of the game. And I think to me, what is so impressive about that is I think the other part of football is, is that it's all adjustments and counter adjustments and everything like that. Like every team, even bad teams have some mm -hmm. set of things they do well. And so what a game inevitably is, is like, okay, they want to do that. Let's prevent them from doing that and see what they can do. And at some point it was clear that the, the Commodores, um, figured out a little bit how to stop the lions and then the lions 
and I, some coaching has to get credit for this. Right. They figured out how to respond. The other thing that's made me very nervous about this game, but maybe as we start trying to talk ourselves down a little bit, we can look at this as something that's unlikely to repeat itself. The Lions had one penalty for five yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is insanity. Yep. But again, I mean, one Total thing insanity. that 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 uh, Hashem Campbell has um, has has promoted throughout is disciplined play with some discipline even though he himself doesn't seem like a terribly disciplined individual from certain perspectives but <laughs> i don't know man he's, they played he's a ripped they, he's in they tip played top a, shape he it's true they played i mean again it's you 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 the things that make football simple have a good offensive line and don't shoot yourself in the foot yeah and that was what they did yesterday this and was the cleanest this was the cleanest I've seen them play in so long. Let us, I mean, okay, to to balance it out a little bit, the game was at home. The crowds for the first two games have been really good. They've been loud. They've been, you know, totally uh, showing up for the Lions. We haven't had a road game yet. Road, the road is where shit falls apart faster than anything and our first road game is one of the hardest places to play minnesota so a lot everything i'm saying i could go from walbrook back to the bowling alley on sundays like oh the lions are playing in the course of like we could have total whiplash because next week could be the absolute inverse of what yesterday's game was it's true. Well, let's talk about one last thing and then let's and then let's talk ourselves down. And maybe this is the yeah. beginning of talking. I, I'm not down. I haven't finished talking us up yet. Oh, uh, OK. Well, I was going to say I, think <laughs> I will keep going. About, I think we need to talk about Hutchinson. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. Let, let's <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about uh, the Fuhrer's favorite young football player in the NFL. <laughs> what uh, that dude had three sacks in the first half. Yeah, he he seems to be a pretty legit young man. Yeah, and right, I I don't care who you're playing against. Three sacks is three sacks. That's impressive. And I um I didn't realize I was telling uh, Dino this earlier today. I didn't realize that that Hutchinson is like a very tall guy. He's like six seven. Is and, he really? Yeah. No. And I don't know why that matters in particular, other than that it's very tall for a football player of any position. And it just, I was like, huh, I guess maybe it was like, yeah, he's guys like seven. that are usually more like six, two, six, three, you know, being yeah. so tall, but also so athletic. It is yeah. like unusual. And like just so strong, like strong enough to be a defensive lineman and agile. It's just had, unusual. He had two tackles for loss, also. My God. Hutch is still happens. really young. He's raw. He was going like what what's it's fun to watch him because he just comes out going a hundred miles miles an hour. And he he kind of wears himself out. Like he's got no pace. You can kind of see that. 
Um, like he comes out of the, like they take him out of the game and he's just like absolutely gassed. But it's kind of a beautiful thing. It's like he's just got a motor and he's athletic. I think there were some concerns that he wasn't quite athletic enough to be that high of a pick. And I think yesterday he went out and showed that he belongs. You do not get three sacks in the NFL as a rookie unless you are something. Okay, you got to be something for real. The last, I think it was a Lions record. The last rookie to even have two sacks was Ziggy Ansa in uh, 2013. Ziggy! Ziggy! Um, so let's, uh, let's, let's had, get real. Aiden Hutchinson, okay, our last two uh, first-round draft picks. Panay Sewell, first of all, is just balling. You want to talk about why our offensive line is good. We took a number seven guy at on the offensive line. Some people were like, I don't know. It seems like, eh, is it really going to make a difference? Yes. The answer is this kid, he came out a little rough last year. It took him a while to get adjusted as it does for O-linemen. But by his second year, he is Still not perfect, but he is just fucking dominating, and he is setting a tone. And now this year we take a uh, a defensive lineman, and it's just got me thinking, like, wait a second. We have two more first-round draft picks this year, two more defensive starters, uh, another defensive lineman, maybe a linebacker or another corner defensive back. And, like, I think we – we're on our way to having a legit defense. I don't think, I don't know that we're so far off because once you get that pass rush going and Hutchinson and Harris may be able to, you know, get that, to have that. I, I think we have something there. Then you factor in Akuda If he's even just a, let's say B minus starter in the NFL, well, then you just need a couple more legit good defensive players, and you're not, you're kind of right there. Um, Dino so, Blandino, Dino Blandino, please report to the Walbrook group therapy room. Dino Blandino, please report to the Walbrook guys, group. Guys, I don't. Therapy. Wait, are you serving Jello? Is are they serving the uh, strawberry Jello mold? It's. Uh, I think. I think uh, Tuesday's funnel cake day. So oh shit. Tapioca pudding. All right. I'll be there. I'll be it's there. It's your favorite. I'm not going to miss tapioca pudding. <laughs> that shit is good. No, but I mean, I, I'm I'm kind of real here that we this game makes me feel that a lot more of our picks have landed than what I realized and kind of restore some faith in the process. Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Lomas. We got a lot. But but just to drive the point home, I mean, we already mentioned it, but Jamison Williams, we (laughs) traded up to get him at number 12 after drafting Hutchinson. Okay, let's – the guy was a a huge playmaker last year at Bama. Let's say he's even just a B receiver. Like, that's another weapon in our offense? I I don't know, man. What's the – What's the what's the prognosis on his return? What do you know? What are you hearing? What's the chatter? They're being conservative about it, but I think the realistic take is by mid or he's already like running and cutting, etc. 
So mm-hmm. I think being cautious, it's like midseason. Maybe okay. being not so cautious, maybe game six or so. But even midseason, like, holy shit, if he can even just come and give them one more dude, I just feel like that's a lot. That's a lot of playmakers. All right. Now talk me down. I'm that's no, Dino going all out, but I'm I, I need to go all out because I think I'm speaking for a lot of Lions fans here that I just need to be talked out of it. All right, Lomas, what do you got? Can you help us? Okay, Can you help your brother in need. Yeah, um, Dino, sit tight. I'm on my way. I'm gonna. I'm going to leave my family here in Bloomington <laughs> and move back to the Detroit metro area. I'll find a place to stay. I'll be there. I'll visit you at Walbrook. I'll bring you care packages. I'll bring guitars. We can play guitar, play some soothing songs. Um, the Okay. Can you guys we do are, that? It's Dino. It's not your fault. Yeah. Dino. It's not your it's fault, not your Dino. Fault. Hey, we'll uh, we'll do know, that. We'll do that whole. <laughs> we'll do that whole thing. Don't worry. I think that this is just a awesome and impressive overreaction to a single game, a single win at against, home. At home against a Carson Wentz quarterbacked, uh, um, conquistadors team. Conquistadors. And, with and, their best um, player injured, Chase Young injured. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, we've seen the Lions have um, good offensive production before, for sure. And it never really meant that they didn't still suck. Yeah, you know, um, there, let's not forget that despite Hutchinson, who was objectively really, really good, overall, the defense still sucked. They gave up a lot of points to a Carson Wentz quarterback team, which is, you know, very unimpressive. So as impressive as the offensive has been for two games in a row, at least putting up a lot of points, the defense has been pretty much as advertised in terms of they got – Hutchinson, who through two games, and especially this last game, it seems like he very well could be the real deal, justifying his high draft pick. Um, otherwise, they have given up a ton of points to some mediocre teams, certainly not like powerhouse offensive teams. And so, yeah, imagine what I- happened. Dare you, Lomas! Can I put some numbers? You know what? You don't believe, and that's fine. Get off the bandwagon. Dan Campbell and I are going to be riding off to Honolulu, Silver and Blue Land, and you'll be left behind. Screw you, brother. Can I give you? Can I put some numbers to this? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, first down, first downs yesterday. Washington twenty-one, Detroit seventeen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Third down efficiency. Washington, 7 of 15. Lions, 4 of 13. Dude, where are you getting these stats from? That's not the game I watched. <laughs> total, yard, total yards. Washington, 396. Now, granted, the Lions had 425. But 395. Let's go! 
is a lot of yards. It's a lot of yards. Um, so yeah, and they had one turnover and we didn't have any. They had time of possession 32 to 28. So, I mean, you can look at the game either way you want because you can say, well, they had a big comeback and, you know, they were yep. piling on the points at the end. The other thing, though, the Lions got lucky. I feel like they had – well, they tried a two-point conversion at a point in the game that didn't make a ton of sense. They didn't get it. The com- the commandeers did, yeah. The, yeah, and then they uh, and then they missed, yeah, them, I think, a, con- a conventional one-point extra point, I believe. Yeah. They, so yeah, you know, riverboat the, the, Ron, riverboat Ron Rivera just went absolutely batshit crazy and <laughs> went for a two point conversion. When I, I just I don't know if he tried to explain it to the media, but no one it was confounding. Yeah, so they they um they they at the end of the game it was a two score game, but that was actually only because of their mistakes in the extra point area. Right. So. Right. I mean, look here, if you want the, the fun algebra of the early part of the season is you're trying to get a handle on who else is good or bad. So you say, well, Washington is one and one, just like we are. Who'd they play the first week? Well, they beat the Jaguars, which seems like not a great accomplishment. But then the Jaguars went out yesterday yeah, and beat the Colts 24 to nothing. And now, the Colts I- are probably... Colts guys, are probably not a good team. Can but I, anytime you win 24 nothing. Can again, I say like also, don't look now, but Philly is up on Minnesota in the first half, 21-7. to seven. Yep, yep. We played tight against Philly, which means yep. we're way better than we thought. Right. So we there. you can look at this. Any, I mean, all of this, if you really want to go – I think Lomas and I are clearly in the, it was just a game. It was a, it was a impressive and unusual Lions win, but let's be honest. And Lomas, I will pose this to you. If the Lions win next week against Minnesota, then the Lions are two and one. They're guaranteed at least a partial lead in the division. What, what, what do you do? What happens? You know what happens when the Lions, if the Lions win? That's when I sponsor Kiddish at Shul. I sponsor a gala Kiddish with basically all you can eat kichel. And and I'm going to have those bar mitzvah, little bat mitzvah seven layer cakes individualized with every single Lions player's name on them. That's what goes down when the Lions if the Lions win on the will road you, next week. Will you do a Dan Campbell life-size ice sculpture? Um, <laughs> yeah, except it might be a, a, a Halva uh, sculpture. Oh, Halva, nice. Or maybe yeah. a little marzipan. Or chopped yep. liver. But Lomas, I, I pose this to you. Um, what uh, yeah. What do you do if, if the Lions win next week it's a very well, large if but as dino said right now we are almost at halftime in philadelphia yeah and and the the eagles are 21 7 on the on the vikings they're having their way with them it's a pretty dominant performance the eagles have 300 yards in the first half to under wow. 100 for the, Jesus. for the for the uh for the vikings yeah, so, jalen hurts so- is going insane yeah. Wow. So what do you do? What do you do, Lomas? 
Okay. Well, first of all, I just want to say, I think it, it was great and very telling that although you clearly posed that question to me, Dino just jumped right in. Yeah, right. Answered I, almost, like he, I almost uh, said something to Dino, like, we know where you stand on this. Yeah, yeah. but he just couldn't contain himself. But but nope. that's okay. We, we understand. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, if the Lions on the road pull off another victory, and especially if it's similar, like that they put up a whole bunch of points again, I think we're in some serious, serious trouble. Um, I don't, I don't have a good answer. I mean, other than I expect, I expect Dino to disappear for a while. (laughs) Like he will not be available despite all attempts to reach him. And we just won't know where he is. Or uh, what he's yeah. doing. You always know where I am, parading naked down Woodward, cut painted silver Honolulu uh, blue and silver. Okay, you heard it here here first, folks. Um, I think it'll look. What we're gonna, what will happen is we're gonna have to dig really fucking deep here and go back to the roots of RAA and, uh. Really, you know, look at it, take a, a long, deep look at what we're doing here, because part of the answer, I guess, is we have been here before, kind of. We have had situations where the Lions <laughs> string together a couple of victories, and some of this predates the podcasting days, right? Like a season where they might start out, you know, they're like, five and two or whatever and we're just not sure what to do about it because deep in our hearts we know inevitably what's coming but you still have to deal with game by game the reality of it and i think we're gonna have to um i think the best thing we can do honestly is not think about it too much and just take it as it comes be in this moment Try to provide some context, mm-hmm. go back to the roots, look at the history, re-listen to old episodes, uh, listen to some Simon and Garfunkel, some solo Paul Simon, maybe even, even though I know you have, a, you kind of have a problem with that, Uncle Brother, but you know. Um, no, de- desperate times call for desperate Paul Simon measures. Yeah. I think, and, I think uh, you listen to, you know, Peace Like a River over and over again. That's a fucking awesome song. Yeah, Paul, he know he Paul Simon knows what we're talking about over here. He does. And um I think we don't not that I don't want to talk about it, but that's a dangerous question. My answer really is don't think about it right now. We can't it's it's too dangerous. We cannot overthink it. We we have to accept that things will play out as they do. And just we have to stand fast to our principles. And right now, that still means our our bedrock value is still the Lions will always suck. I'm not ready to abandon that. The I mean, the other thing I'll say about all this, which is somewhat obvious, but I think needs to be explicitly stated, is that what we're dealing with in this moment is 
And I texted this to my Jets friend today, who's all excited about the Lions as well. And the Jets Mm -hmm. and the Lions and the Jaguars all won yesterday is this is, you know, you wander in the desert for 40 years and then you give somebody a big ass, nice bottle of ice water. That water is going to taste fantastic. Right. (laughs) And, And what we're what we're getting here is. Something that, you know, if you're a name random NFL team, you know, random NFL team, I don't know, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Minnesota Dolphins, not even great teams like, the you know, the, the Bengals, like you get a taste of a very satisfying win on a regular basis. Yep. And we do not get that. And it's really tasty. It's really tasty and you want more of it. So good. More of it. And it just goes to show like what happened. Like, let's take a step back. The Lions lost in game one. They lost by a a hefty margin, even though at the end it was a three point game. Like they were the the Eagles were in control of that game almost the whole time. And then they beat a team that they were to be. And then they beat a team that prove that may prove to be decidedly mediocre. And we are just off to the races because we want to believe, even though we train ourselves. Can I, can I say though, that there's a little something different about this. This is a new team in the sense that it's, it's a young, I think we're one of the youngest teams in the league. It's a rebuild and we're looking at the future. No one's expecting the Lions to make the playoffs this year, let alone win a playoff game or anything like that. But we are looking at the future because all the players we're talking about are really young, except for Jared Goff, who's not, who's still pretty damn young, 26, I think, maybe 27. Um, and it's just exciting. Like, not only are some of these guys look like legitimately solid good NFL players they're also they're fun and likable like I like rooting for Hutchinson I like rooting for Sewell I, I'm on St. Uh, Ross St. Brown I freaking love rooting for that dude and and I, yes I love him. I love rooting for Dan Campbell <laughs> I mean this Dino. is look I'm not I'm not saying anything that wasn't that people who watched Hard Knocks didn't say, which is, man, this team is actually very likable. It's it's not. Look, I will root. I'm a I'm a hapless Lions fan, so I rooted for Ndamukong Sue, but Ndamukong Sue did not like Detroit. He did not like playing for the Lions. He hated his coaches. Every it was a almost a a barely hidden secret is a little you have to talk yourself a little bit into into really liking that dude and this team is i don't know they're they're just they're they're likable i'm not saying that is going to make them great but it, that, it's hard oh and likeable. i didn't even mention freaking rodrigo we haven't even mentioned rodrigo yet and likeable. it's an alliteration likable what's the other word likeable loot not lions likable likable losers yeah that was that was the phrase (laughs) lovable losers lovable losers likable losers um rodrigo dino do you wanna do you wanna 
say anything to future Dino who's going to be uh, <laughs> going to be checking himself in the wall, Brooke, in about six yes. and a half days. So I think, <laughs> I mean, yes, I reached during the game. I reached for my Jackie Lions because I had a raging Honolulu blue and silver boner uh, throughout the game. And, you know, my Jackie Lions just didn't work. It, uh, I, I kept, I, His you know, tolerance the, is so high at this point. <laughs> that might be it. He, <laughs> he's, he's just got it. He's free basing the stuff and it's not doing it. I also, I just want to say all it's taken is one single win. Yeah. And for Dino, it says though, RAA never existed. <laughs> Yeah. For we're in our fourth year of this. But and, you, know, you guys know you're lucky you have Dino to make fun of and beat up on because otherwise you guys would be the ones. I'm I'm <laughs> yes, I go a little further, but you guys, you know that you're feeling you guys are riding the silver the silver line just as much as me. You, it's honestly you're it's you're catching bad- onto the tail. And you're being pulled, dragged behind, but you know it's there. You know it's coming, baby. And if they win, look, if they lose next week, Dino's going back to Coach Michelle. He's apologizing. He's taking more bowling lessons. If they win, all fucking bets are off, and you know it. Now, <laughs> I had to look for his to look for some historical perspective. I think the last time we've been in this bad shape was 2006. Was the historical perspective the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising? Is that when you're like, <laughs> we're turning it around. And <laughs> we're turning it around. We're going to beat these guys. <laughs> Pretty That's... much. I was More going to, to mention the 2016 season when we beat the Chicago Bears on Sunday, December 11th, 2016, to go 9-4 and four on the season. We were on fire. We had just won our fifth straight game or and our I think ninth out of 10 of our last games and then we finished the season with four straight pretty brutal losses including getting destroyed 26 to 6 by Seattle in the first round of the playoffs and that was the last time we've even sniffed the playoffs so I think the last time I've had it this bad because I don't really think in the season since then there's been almost any reason. What what have we had since then? Just the sad sort of ending of the Stafford era, which felt really hopeless. And then last season of just total rebuild crap. Um, the, the Quintricia era. I mean, it's been really bleak. So I think this has been the most hopeful, even though it's just one victory since that nine and four. I mean, to really put a point on how fucking pathetic we are, and I'm saying we, not just Dino, though he is certainly driving the bandwagon. They're <laughs> one and one. Like, yep. think about, think about, like you just said that when they were nine and five, can you imagine how out of our minds we're going to be if this team is nine and five i know because we can't even deal with they're 500 and they played both games at home and they beat a team that we're almost certain is not good right (laughs) 
and here we are like this team man you got a lot to like right and so i i could still even after all of that would i change my prediction from 5 11 and 1 yeah i might but i'd still say the most the, i mean the most wins i would give them is 7 wow i just want to say that um let's not forget that Mordechai Anilevich put together a very impressive offensive line. <laughs> he did. He did. He, they had great special teams. Yeah, he did. And, they and used the a lot of ghetto uprising. A lot of trickery. There's a lot, a lot of, trick of plays. Mis, misdirection. Yeah. They had an early lead. Did not last. <laughs> That's true. Did not last. Yeah, they got um, slaughtered. I mean, you have to say they were up against it. The, uh, you know, say what you want about the Nazis, but they were relentless. They did. I think they did look cover at, the look. spread. They did the, cover the, the Nazis, spread. The Nazis, yes. look at the Germans. They were ball hawks. They were flying all over the field. I mean, right. gang tackling. Right. You know, they, it was an impressive performance. Uh-oh, guys, if you want to know how how our entire entire program is fraying, just a text just came in from Fantetti. Oh boy. As stated earlier, it's entirely possible the Lions lost a close one to a pretty feckin' good Philly squad. Yep. Yeah, here you know, it comes. If, if Fantetti has lost his his transcendental disdain for the Lions, yeah, that, oh that things we're are in, we're in a lot of trouble. Although I think Fantetti's hatred for Dan Campbell, the Lions, is always has a touch of like thou dost protest too much and like he's forcing that hatred on himself because he's got he's so close to riding the silver lion he's (laughs) he's he's that guy who's just you know he's cleaned up his act he's wearing he wears khakis and a white button down because he's so over it he's so sober now but you know the first sip he gets of that Honolulu, Honolulu blue juice he just is out of control. Look, we can, we are, we can feel the disease spreading across the land, <laughs> you know, reaching for across Roar Nation. I mean, we're seeing it, we're feeling it. It's reaching Fantetti, obviously. He's well, not I just himself. there was Anthony Fauci just had a press conference today <laughs> in which he talked about the Campbell variant which is highly yeah. transmissible and, and, uh, and perhaps every bit as virulent as the Patricia variant. And also the years li- ago, the Alliance pox, Alliance <laughs> pox. So right. here's a question. Can we just right now, right now at no, halftime? Yeah. At halftime, the Eagles are up 24 to seven on the Vikings. Yeah. They have 347 yards in two quarters and that's of football to almost all Jalen Hurts. Are is it is it good or bad for us if the Vikings just get humiliated? If that's if this ends like 38 to 10 or something like that. Is that good or then the Vikings like do you think no. that that what? That's bad for us. I mean, they're going to come out playing at home next week and play better. There's no question about it. They are getting absolutely thrashed 
in Philadelphia right now, but I mean, come on. Well, the other good news for us is that Buffalo with 11 minutes in the game has 41 points. So we are no longer wow. tied for the lead lead yeah. in points in a game. They, yeah. Uh, Can the, I the amend? Bills just took that. When, when we made our picks for winning the Super Bowl, I just was caught off guard. I hadn't really thought through it, but yeah, like I'm picking Buffalo. They've, they're so damn good. They just have it all going on. And, and dare I say like, well, I'm not even going to, you know what I'm going to say, right? That as long as they don't have to face the Lions in the Super Bowl, they should be able to win. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? No, I was going to say they sucked, you know, a few years back, they sucked too. They went, oops, they went through a rebuild and look, they have an, they did land an amazing quarterback, but I don't know. They're another blue collar Rust Belt team uh with a pretty sad history and if they can be this good i don't know i don't know man call me crazy uh, hey wow man. i would not i would love to see the bills win it i would love to see the bills win yeah it. i i'm totally behind that behind the bills this year i was last year too i wanted to see them uh i think they're an awesome team i love josh allen he's just total beast um yeah. All but, right. Uh, well, gentlemen, do we have any other business other than I think we obviously have to make a prediction for next week? And by the and, way, uh, I think, yeah. you know, you guys interestingly didn't go blow by blow in terms of talking me down other than to say it's just one game, which that's correct. And also, but I think the main the main thing that's really eating at me is I know when I say the serenity prayer, when I say, and the lions will always suck, I believe it when I say it. And yet this is the first week I've, it's, it's been a little conflicted and yet I can still, I still say it and I still believe it because nothing in my history the the only thing my history as being a Lions fan has taught me is that they will only be as good as it takes to inflict the m most painful amount of damage on their fan base. Well, can I say one other thing just to bring you down a little bit? So we, we were talking yep. about the Lions, you know, until this Buffalo game uh, were leading the league tied with the Chiefs. Um, in points scored. Yeah. They are also two points behind the Cardinals for the most points given up. Okay. So they're at 65 to 67 for the cards. Sounds so, about right. Yeah. Now, again, I think, let's see, hold on a moment. Yeah, the Titans are, are possibly, well, no. I mean, Buffalo would have to score even more points for the, for the, the Titans, because they'd be at 62 if that game ended right now. So again, yeah. I mean, you're, it, it seems that the reality of this team may be that they can score a lot and it yeah. does not, they've not shown yet that they're capable of stopping teams. And yeah. so that's uh that's not a recipe for long-term success, but 
It nope. could be recipe for being a mediocre team, which would be an enormous improvement for this team. I hear um, you. And so I don't. So I don't know. Let's hear it, Lomas. Let's have you start prediction for next week, unless there's any other business. Unless there's any other business, but we could. Ca- no. you know, we could have this one come in. It's. 75 minutes thereby making it our shortest pod of all time yeah wow um i mean i don't know what i'm gonna do with myself for the rest of my time this evening but um god damn it i don't even know first of all i just want to say that last week i predicted the lions would lose 30 to 3 and (laughs) i'm still sticking to that prediction by the way for the last game um I mean, on the road against a team that's getting its ass kicked right now. I don't know what to do anymore because, of course, you have to pick the Lions to lose. But maybe Minnesota's not that good. And, you know, the Lions offense is legit. I don't I don't know what to say anymore. Like, I guess I'll give the Lions offense their due and say they're still going to score some points. I'll say. Ugh. 3327 Minnesota. 3327 Minnesota. Mhm. Yeah. I'm going to be pessimistic so that I'm not disappointed. I think I think the offense is going to have a little bit of a hiccup. I think the defense is going to be a little bit more of the same. I think they're going to lose like 27-17. I don't think they're going to embarrass themselves, which in its way is bad. Like, I think they're going to come out of that game. It's going to be sobering, but we're going to be able to say, hey, you know, it was on the road. Minnesota was bound to bounce back. And maybe I kind of also feel like it's a game the Lions have been. Did they have any turnovers in the first game? Yeah, pick six. Uh, Goth threw oh, pick did. six. Yeah, which – Really hurt them, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, as pick six, pick six. And so have they not game. fumbled the ball this year? I don't think they've fumbled yet. I feel like it's going to be a game where some of the return to mean stuff on just like they'll have a lot of penalties or they're going to have a bunch of fumbles, some special team shit. I just feel like they've been a little, I feel like that last game is just, it's not likely that you're going to play clean a game again, even right. as a good team isn't going to. So, yeah, I'm going to go 27-17 Vikings. I hope I'm wrong, man. I hope I hope I'm I hope I'm in group therapy at Walbrook next time this week. I'd love I'd love a, <laughs> I'd love a break from the grind of being a functioning adult. All right, yeah. Dino, let's hear let's hear what you're feeling deep inside. Oh, oh man. Um, well, first of all, do you know what the Lions um the Vikings record against all-time record against the Lions is it's 78 39 and two. Wow. That's a really good record. <laughs> That's a fantastic record against the Lions. Um, I, okay. So the Dino Blandino part of me want, I, you know what? I actually can't do it because this is where Roraholics has really helped me and just seeing that we're on the road in Minnesota 
we're gonna we're definitely losing 31 22 minnesota we're not winning in minnesota absolutely not plus yes minnesota's getting drilled but i think that makes them more focused look minnesota's they're not they're not great but they have receivers our secondary is definitely not there yet um they have receivers they have a running game uh they should be able to put up serious points against us and i think playing in a loud inhospitable environment our offense finally starts to break down we commit penalties we make we get sloppy so yeah 31 22 wow uh well just now in the minnesota game they were driving and uh cousins threw an interception basically in the end zone and it was and it was intercepted by who Darius Slay. Oh man. Shout yeah. out to the former lion who's been liberated. Yeah, he's good, man. Yeah. He's still good. He, he's a legit player, man. He uh yeah. Darius. Well, Darius Slay. Yeah. Um all right, man. Quez Watkins. Should we should we should we roar it out? And give our listeners, yeah. we'll have to make some suggestions of other content to consume with the two and a half hours they've <laughs> scheduled for this podcast. <laughs> In a way, do, doesn't it make it sort of simpler when, I don't know, when the Lions are actually good, it just, in a way, that's sort of, yes, of course, we expect them to suck. They always suck, but... Being back in the position of just full-blown ruralism, it's like, you know, it's kind of like when your friend falls off the wagon, I guess. Part of you is like, yeah, he's going to pay for this and it's going to suck. But it's kind of a lot of fun in the meantime <laughs> until it all falls apart. Hey, man. Enjoy it while it lasts. When, it's a when good du- time. When, when Dougie comes to town, man. Yep. It's yeah. time it's to not, party. It's not boring. <laughs> no, it is not right. boring when Dougie comes to town. <laughs> Dougie Fresh, it's, Dougie uh, Fresh. Show it's a good yeah. time. It's a good. Time. All right, brother, brother, Uncle Ted. Do you want to roar us? Give us the low, the low. Well, I think the if, low town. If, if you recall last episode, I know we recorded it three months ago, <laughs> but um, but I took the middle note and you I did. got some praise from possible Lomas. Maybe you I'll maybe love. I'll take the low. I'll take Ooh, the low roar. Let's mix it up. Oh, guys, okay. one last thing I wanted to share with you. Oh, and this shit. is getting things very backwards. Yep. But uh, I did get I did get this text from a Sean F. Who I play basketball with. Who wrote me, can the North Shore Men's Basketball League be a Roraholic sponsor? That's the, uh, the informal name we give to the game that I play in. We just call ourselves the North Shore Men's Basketball League. Yeah. I'll donate a joint to you every Sunday morning during the season to get you through the day. So wow. we have an actual wow a sponsor. It's legal here in Illinois, right? Uh, As and it I is said, in Michigan. you know, um, I told them I'd mention it to you guys. So uh, I, we might have an I'm actual spot. <laughs> I don't know. I, if I, I vote yes. I mean, <laughs> Chief Fallingweed here is not. <laughs> necessarily going to be the uh beneficial recipient of such weed i have a history that is not so favorable but you know maybe a bottle of scotch or something i i don't know 
It's right. it. Look, let's be honest. If we win next week, no amount of no substance is gonna be enough. It's only it's gonna be Jeff padded, time. Jeff Comlo padded cell at Walbrook. <laughs> That's the only like. What are those when you get tied down? Oh, the straight like, jacket with the restraints. Restraint. Yeah, I yeah. think. It's, well, it's time for restraint. I think they're gonna they're gonna have to come to your house and like capture you like in a giant butterfly net right you know like in those old movies of like the white orderlies running after a guy with a giant net yeah we're gonna like, have to do that you ever see them take down a wild buffalo or a wild uh <laughs> rhino with that massive trink gun yeah yeah that's that's gonna be me just like there's definitely <laughs> gonna be some some of those little things with the feathers coming out the back of them those little those little whatever darts yeah they need like it's those crazy stories remember when they had the the crazy hyperbolic stories about like people losing it on like crack or thc and it was like they had took 19 cops to take (laughs) him down it's like dino running down woodward with like six of those darts in his back and he's still going (laughs) they're all in my in my jugular they're like direct (laughs) pipe right in and i'm just like running wild yeah you're just reciting you're like deandre swift 12 carries for 113 yards (laughs) yeah nothing's gonna really stop me then it's gonna be all over but uh yeah well let's let's roar it out let's Let's get ahead of ourselves yeah okay let's let's roar out i'll take the low roar i'll take the low roar i can take the middle or the high dino what do you want i'll well, hey, if you want to go from low to high, I'm not going to stop. I'll try. That. I'll try high. Let's okay. see what happens. Okay. Sweet. Roar. 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 Yeah, that. I like I'm not sure. I, like I think it. we had the blocking thing on where it we it didn't allow us to do multiple voices at the same time. But you know what? That's probably okay. We did our best. Well, when the fans, when they get the complete director's cut edition of this podcast, <laughs> right, the, it'll have the, the real thing. Uh, we should, well, by the way, was, also yeah. uh, release a director's cut plus a um, commentary version where each of us does a version of the podcast with our own commentary on the podcast. <laughs> For sure. Sure. I also want to release um, a version, like an album of our roars backed by the London Philharmonic. <laughs> right. Well, that's always been a dream of ours, I think. Yeah. Well, or how about, or I'm, I'm actually in the middle of there's We're in conversation right now. Nothing's been signed. The Mormon Tabernacle Choir roars. <laughs> there's just 120 people roaring in like 13 part <laughs> harmony. can you imagine that you fill ford field like the 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 north end zone you got the risers you got like a hundred professional choir singers roaring i can i imagine it yes i can (laughs) that's the sad Uh, part all right guys well i'll see you on the other side you take care good luck good luck bye gentlemen Bye. Bye.
This is Spider-Man Allen, and I have a message for everyone in the internet.